Every day, thousands of hackers try to steal your crypto. But Arculus uses air-gapped technology by forming a protective barrier that insulates you from hackers and secures your crypto. Order yours at GetArculus.com. It's You Know I'm Right, episode 36 on the WG Sports Radio Network. Nick Durst joined by Joe Calabrese. Joe, hope you had a, a great Labor Day weekend and you watched some sports. Yes, I did. Uh, I ended up working both Friday and Saturday. Yesterday I was off, so I got some time to myself. Uh, it was much needed downtime. Uh, and we had a lot of sports this weekend. And it's interesting because this time of the year we're always uh, expecting footballs right around the corner. But because of everything that happened in the world, we now have the start of the NFL season coming along uh, as we are in the thick of both the NBA and the Stanley Cup playoffs, which is really, really great. Uh, baseball season still on. So in a way, we kind of win because it's still relatively nice outside. Uh, if you've been able to go outside, get to enjoy the weather a little bit. And you have all four major professional sports to look forward to in some capacity. Uh, and in some ways, if you're like me and you're betting – uh, and you <laughs> and you're betting a lot of money, and you did good like I did last night. That's a great thing. So yeah, so, uh, so Joe, yeah, so Joe, I, I think, Joe, I think might, have, might have had a good weekend with his parlays. Uh, Kentucky Derby, a, a little weekend. little little disappointing. I mean, maybe because you know it's not three weeks in a row, but Kentucky Derby, Joe, one of the biggest events usually starts the racing season. Um, unfortunately, you know the there's not going to be trouble Toronto this year. I heard the Rays weren't too good. Uh, but it's interesting, you know, they started with the Belmont. Have you been to the Belmont? I feel like you've been to some I have. Races. I have been to two two different Belmont stakes. Nothing like that, right, Joe? I mean, there is absolutely crazy. nothing like that. And the one year that I didn't go was the year that American Pharaoh ended up winning the Triple Crown. And and for that, I uh, I always kick myself because that's one of the, the events that uh, over the course of your life, like, you kind of miss the opportunity to go to a couple major things. I miss that on that opportunity. And, and obviously, there's there's nothing like it. But yeah, so it, having the Kentucky Derby kind of felt like it was buried a little bit this year. You know, there was no real hype to it. You know, at least when it's on the uh, the second uh, or the first Saturday in May, and then they do the Preakness, right, as the, the, the Memorial Day weekend's approaching, summer's approaching. That's a really great time of the year for it. So yeah, with everything else going on in the world, you know, having all four sports on, all the major news stuff that's going on, it just feels like, it didn't even feel secondary, you know, it, did, it just, it wasn't on anybody's radar, so very, very disappointing, but uh, yeah, you know, there's nothing you could do about that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's summertime sadness, Joe. This summer, I mean, just flew, especially now with sports back, the days, the pages just turning so quickly. I've never seen anything like this. No, absolutely not. It is what it is. Listen, we, we ended up, the summer wasn't entirely what we all thought it was going to be. A lot of places didn't open up like we were expected. Um but yeah, so I also wanted to share to our listeners that it was uh, Authentic who won the Kentucky Derby. Uh, and obviously, Tis the Law won the Belmont Stakes, and he was the super favorite going off in the Derby. And uh, Authentic was one of the uh, the second or third choices on the, the board. So uh, while he wasn't the favorite, he was one of the top choices in the race. And it was another Bob Baffert horse, so congratulations to the Bob Baffert and and John Velasquez was the jockey. So I'm, I'm more of the horse racing guy between the two of us. Uh, my uncle owns the a couple of uh, stakes in a couple of horse races. So he's, he's very, really, really super into it too. Uh, but yeah, so 
Uh, usually the Kentucky Derby is what's kicking off the summer. Uh, and now we are transitioning from the end of the summer into the fall. And, and obviously you don't know what's going to happen in the world. You don't know if places are going to be opening up. Uh, to me, it seems like we are kind of at the, the, the place where even if places start to open up, they'd probably be quickly closing back down anyway because the fall season's right around the corner, the flu season's right around the corner, cold season's right around the corner. Uh, they're going to probably do something to try to mitigate the uh, the, the spread of, of, of just like the, the cold season and, and doing their best to, to handle that in addition to coronavirus. So, yeah, it's it's kind of depressing, you know, summer. But it's not entirely over yet. you still got a couple more weeks of nice weather to go outside and enjoy it. So take advantage of it. Certainly, no doubt about it. Uh, get outside, enjoy the weather, and you know it always is around this time of year. It's like okay, now it's football time, Joe. But it doesn't really. I'm like, I'm like, wow, football's starting this week, but there was no preseason or anything. So and you got all the other sports going on, which is rare, which never happened before: baseball, basketball, and hockey. So you know, you you excited for this NFL season, or is it kind of like, all right, I have to watch the first week, then it's going to hit me. No, I'm absolutely excited for it, and it's a really, really good thing that you brought up the preseason because uh, I was going to bring this up even if you did it. The truth of the matter is, is that we did not have the whole hoopla and like all the whole, like the news cycle that comes in late July and August with like different training camps. Uh, obviously, people make out to preseason to be a bigger deal than what it really is. All all preseason really is is. Uh, basically coaches getting a look to see who's going to fill out and round out their depth charts as opposed to who their guys are going to be at the major starting positions. To be perfectly honest, we didn't have a preseason, and I don't think anybody really missed it, you know? So I think what we did here is basically it makes a strong case for the owners to basically to get rid of two preseason, preseason games, if not mostly the entire preseason, and add two more games to the regular season. So that's been a point of, of emphasis and a, a really hot button discussion topic for most NFL uh, higher ups and, and a lot of NFL fans through the years. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, as we saw it this year in play out with no preseason and again, nobody missed it. So this is going to be a really, really strong case for the owners when the next collective bargaining agreement comes up to, to solidify and lock it in place potential extra regular season games, which is an extra source of revenue. And with that would probably come the idea of uh, players, I guess, playing maybe like a mandatory set of games. You know what I mean? You know, I wouldn't expect players to play maybe an entire 18 game schedule. You could probably figure maybe 15, 16 games. And that might be a good thing because then you can expand roster sizes. You can give more guys an opportunity to play games, uh, gives more people an opportunity to play their dreams. In addition to our man, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, purchasing the XFL and keeping those dreams alive. So, again, it's weird. Uh, I agree with this with your what you're saying in the sense that like football is kind of creeping up on us and doesn't really feel like the NFL season is about to start. And I know a lot of people are kind of apathetic to the way uh, to what what's happening in the professional sports world because they use it as an escape. And uh, that's a whole different topic that I don't want to get into right now. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for fantasy football. I'm excited for for watching the games. Most importantly, I'm excited for betting on the games. And Nick, you should go and tell our listeners uh, more about that and more what you could expect of us from uh, our other projects that we're doing, uh, specifically our show for Sunday and and all that. Yes, yeah, so of course uh, we had our 
our first show on the, uh, the Chris Landry Football Network. Joe and I live Sundays, 11 a.m. Eastern. And we, of course, talk some football. And thanks to American betting experts, we, we did some odds and whatnot. So, you know, make sure you check that out. And, of course, continue to keep it locked here. And we will obviously be keeping updated on everything, football and everything else throughout the season. Um, Joe, uh, you mentioned no preseason. No preseason, but that's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing because I think a lot of talented players were probably cut uh, this past week because they just didn't have a chance to play in the preseason. So that's something the the CBA have to keep an eye on. They probably will expand. They are expanding the season. That was already voted on and approved. So that's starting next year. We have expanded playoffs. A uh, lot of stuff there to digest. But I think we got to keep an eye on this, which I think September is going to be a lot sloppy play in the NFL because the guys just haven't been hitting as much as, as they usually are. And uh, I think it's I think the offense is going to be benefiting big time in the first month of the season. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with that. I think there's going to be a lot of sloppy play right out of the gate. Uh, but I do think that mostly every team in the NFL that kept what they had intact last year uh, will probably benefit from this the most. So, uh, so we did uh, for the Landry Football. We did our basically we ran down the the over unders for all the team totals. Uh, yeah, back on Sunday. So I would assume that if logic prevails, that means that teams who are either breaking in a, a new key starter at a position like quarterback, maybe like Tampa, maybe they don't really start out of the gate as hot as everybody thinks they will. Uh, you might see a team like Carolina who has a new head coach and who's breaking in a lot of new players, a uh, whole new system. Maybe they don't really start out of the gate as hot as everybody thinks. You know, there is definitely that possibility there. And obviously uh, the name of the game is is quality. You know, you want quality football. And what the preseason does is gives – some guys the opportunity just to get a little more into game shape and, and fine tune uh, the, the their uh, over their overall uh, stamina for when the regular season comes. So it's very possible you may see some sloppy football to start, and it's very possible you may not. Uh, case in point is look at what the NHL and the NBA did. Right, they basically resumed play uh, as soon as they started again. The NBA had that brief period of time with the bubble just to kind of appease Vegas, so to speak. Uh, but a lot of those athletes came right in, right off the layoff. And although it probably took, I would say, two or three games, a lot of those guys look like to be in midseason form very, very quickly, right? So uh, maybe we're giving uh, a lot of the players I, – I would give the players the benefit of doubt here. Maybe we're underselling what they're capable of right out of the gate. Uh, but it's certainly possible that they we may see some sloppy football. So Something we'll to, see. We'll see. I'm looking forward to it. Sloppy football. we got to talk about some sloppy baseball, though. What's going on with your Yankees, Joe? I mean, they're reeling. I think they'll still at least make the eighth seed of the playoffs, but... They are. Uh, they're teetering. They are dangerously close to falling out of the playoff picture altogether. And you're right. They're right there on the cusp, but over the course of the last two weeks or so, it just has not uh, been pretty whatsoever. I believe the, their record over the past 20 games is 6-14. and 14. And they started pretty hot. Right out of the gate, they were one of the best teams in baseball. Uh, the Rays did not start hot at all, and it seems like it's been a tale of, of two different seasons so far. The Rays were terrible the first two weeks of the season, and they just simple they simply just pushed the on button, and they've been going ever since. They've been easily the best team in the American League East. 
and the Yankees have seemed to be going in the total opposite direction. Uh, it seems like they're starting. It seems like they're starting pitching for the most part has still been solid. Uh, they haven't been bad. They haven't been good, but they've been good enough to keep the team in games. But the offense is just absolutely non-existent. And I tweeted the other night, the Yankees kind of look like lifeless a little bit. The only guy who's really hitting consistently on the team right now is Luke Voigt. And, and even then, you know, if Luke Voigt is the guy who's carrying your other eight guys in the lineup, something's really wrong there. And the bullpen has imploded multiple times over the course of the past, I'd say, five or six days. Uh, Chapman has, has blown a save. Uh, a lot of guys like Chad Green and Adam Adovino have simply struggled. Uh, this is definitely not what the Yankees front office or I guess Aaron Boone has, has certainly expected up until this point. It seems like a lot of thing, a lot of what the Yankees have right now is total disarray. Uh, first things first, they have to get healthy to see what they have. And I'm hoping that they could at least hold on to, to, to lock themselves into that either the second place in the division, which all the, the second place finishers in each division were guaranteed to make the playoffs this year because of the the whole uh, MLB rule change to, to accommodate for the COVID stuff. Uh, and even then, there are two wildcard spots. And and to me, it seems like the Yankees, even if with everything going on, they're probably good enough to lock themselves into one of those two wildcard spots. Uh, but you never know. They're in total free fall. And it's something that we haven't seen, uh, I would say, since at least 2013-14. The Yankees haven't been this bad in five or six years. And and you can make a strong case that this is the weakest Yank the Yankees roster has been since probably the early 90s. So uh, for a lot of people, especially us, you know, we were born in 1992. Uh, I haven't seen a Yankees team honestly this bad in maybe my whole lifetime. That's crazy to think about. So we'll see what happens. I'm going to stay optimistic. But the truth of the matter is, is that they've given no reason for optimism the last two weeks. Listen, as a, uh, you know, I'm definitely enjoying watching what's going on with the Yankees right now um, as a lifelong. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. As a lifelong New Yorker. Um, which, which I think is great, but the Yankees are okay. I mean, look, this they just they got injuries, right? So you got half the team out. Last year it was funny because you know they, they had the injuries and they still were good, and everyone was saying, "Oh, look how great we are!" Now this year it seems like the excuse is, "Oh, well, we got our minor league players in here." So which one is it? You know, I don't know which way to go. Uh, pitching hasn't been great in the bullpen. What about your guy Aaron Boone? I think I think he's definitely back next year, but next year. He's, he's got a win or he's going to end up going home. Yeah, I think – so we have a sample size. We know when they're healthy and fully capable. Uh, and honestly, even the last two years, they haven't really been fully healthy at any point. But they were still capable of winning 100 games over the course of a full season. You know, So you can't really – you can't really totally discredit Aaron Boone. Uh, I do have issues with the way he's managed the pitching staff this year. I think there have been certain times where he's pulled starters early from games and he's probably taxed the bullpen and used them a little bit extra, which is probably part of the reason why you're, you're seeing them not really be as effective uh, given the circumstances right in this in this short period of time in this short season. But you're absolutely right. He's going to get the, at least the start of next season. Uh the Yankees aren't the kind of, of team to, to really make wholesale changes right in the middle of the season. Uh, the, the most you've seen is Cashman kind of sell maybe two or three times over the course of the past 10 years. 
Uh, they did it, you know, coming off the that the 2012 ALCS run when they were not really great that in that 2013-14 period. And then you saw it in 2016 when they signed like guys like Carlos Beltran in the offseason uh, as quick stop gap solutions. They ended up selling off in 2016. And in 2017, the second half is when they really started breaking out with this core group, core group of guys that they have now. So you're 100% right. Boone's going to get at least the start of next season. If things are still haywire, I would say by the middle of June, late June, early July next season, I wouldn't say Cashman at that point is going to go. He would probably be he'd probably get fired or, or let go in the offseason. But it's very possible that you could see something that the Yankees don't do often, which is make an in-season managerial change, right? So, again, I'm not going to blame Boone entirely. I think I do think he has made mistakes this season, and I think you're starting to see some of the cracks in his foundation. But he's going to get next season. I'm going to throw this this whole thing out the window. 2010 is just entirely messed up. 2010? A lot of things, wow, Joe's a lot living of, in the past here. Uh, 2020, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 2020 is just, it, it's, it's been an upside down year. Black is white, hot is cold. Every, you know, everything is, is crazy, left is right. So we'll see what happens going into next season. This year I'm willing to throw away. Uh, but you, you know, guys. You know, would be a good, you know who would be a good manager for the Yankees? Don't even say it. Joe Girardi. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. <laughs> Joe's, yes, got, Joe's, got his, Joe's got his Phillies turned around. They're, uh, they're going to go in the playoffs. Despite his team's best effort on Sunday, uh, they still won. They beat the Mets. Even though the Mets should have won that game, but they came back from 6 nothing down. Joe is trying about them to talk about his Mets here. Uh, you know, the positives are Jacob DeGrom. He's in. He's in contention for the Cy Young, right, Joe? You got. You can tell him. You can tell him. Well, who else is in contention yeah, but, right now? You also got Seth yeah, Lugo. He never not. You know, Seth Lugo, a, a Hall of Famer, Jacob the Grandmother. Seth Lugo has pretty much, you know, made it known finally that he's a top five starting pitcher in the game as well because he's finally starting here. Um, so you got those two guys. The Mets can somehow sneak into the playoffs. The Dodgers are not going to be happy about that, having to face the Grom. And Lugo three three two times in a short series, so that's something to keep an eye on. The offense has turned around. Alonzo's matching home runs. McNeil's getting hits. Nimmo's got a crazy on base percentage. Dom Smith's leading the league in doubles, and like Conforto, Joe second in the league in hitting in average. So that's good. A lot of positives there. Now the negatives. Yeah, no, the negatives. The right. negatives are that Luis Rojas. He's he's having some issues. Brody did a good job putting the depth together. Um, And the bullpen is just atrocious. And I just don't know what's going on there. On paper, this is one of the better teams in the the National League. They're on the outside looking in. They're in the 12th seed right now, but they're only two games back. Right now, I think the Giants and the Marlins have the two wild card spots. Um, The Miami Marlins. where Where do you see the Mets finishing this season? And realistic, what do you think they can do? And, of course, Steve Cohen, uh, the rumor is that you know, the Mets and him finalized their deal. That just has to go to an owner's vote. What do you think he does? Do you think he lets, you know, depending on the sale close, that might give Brody an extra year, um, and then it might give Rojas an extra year. But I think if he, the sale closes, like, by October, November, I think Brody and Rojas are probably going to be let go. Yeah. 
I uh, so point by point, uh, I went through this like the uh, the major league stats the other night. Uh, we were talking, we were having a discussion about NL Cy Young and NL MVP. Uh, obviously, Degrom's basically he'll finish top three in Cy Young every year until, until like he's out of his prime, and and he may he may still be a great pitcher, and he's forty years old. You know, he's that kind of guy. Uh, the Mets lineup is absolutely not the problem. Again, you have three, four top guys who are among the league leaders in the top 20, 25-ish in their respective categories. That's not an issue. Uh, both teams are basically having the same issues right now. It's the 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 getting to the the end of the game. Uh, a lot of bullpen issues. When do the Mets not have bullpen issues? You know, this has been a problem consistently for you know seemingly forever now, and. The truth of the matter is, is the best thing about Cohen is that he's got enough money to throw stupid money to fix the bullpen. So one of like, I guess, it's not really so much an unwritten uh, way of doing things you know, among baseball fans, but a lot of fans in particular, they just don't ever see, they, they, there's no what, there's no reason to throw money at the bullpen because those types of pitchers are so volatile year to year, right? So you kind of have to get lucky a little bit and, and catch lightning in the bottle and be able to find a guy who maybe wasn't as effective elsewhere who could help you now. Uh, obviously, the Edwin Diaz trade has not worked out, unfortunately. To me, that seems like a Sonny Gray type of situation where Diaz not working in New York. Uh, if once he the Mets move on from him, he'll probably be a better pitcher elsewhere. Not that I don't I don't think his stuff is bad at all. Every time I watch him, his his fastball is always electric. He's got good movement on his pitches. For some reason, it just hasn't really worked out. So, uh, but yeah, so Cohen will throw a lot of money at the the problem. And, and you're right, you know, Rohan may not get uh, another year. This may be have just been a short test run. Uh, and I think under the circumstances, given if the Mets wanted to go in another direction with their manager starting next season, uh, I don't think that's really a a, a terrible move for them. Uh, so yeah, I think Cohen just by having extra billions of dollars, and it's billions of dollars. If you were to put, I think the three current top owners in baseball right now, if you were to take their net worths and put them together, that's the net worth I think of Cohen. So he's got a lot of money to throw at the Mets' problems, and and considering he's a Queens boy and he grew up a diehard Mets fan. Anybody who saw his comments the uh, last week regarding Tom Seaver, uh, most Mets fans know that they the the he's going to be the savior that this this his franchise really needs. He's not really just like a faux pas Mets fan. He's like a true blue diehard knows his stuff Mets fans with the financial means of being able to throw any type of money to fix the problems that this team has right now. So, but yeah, the Yankees and the Mets right now there's a lot of overlap. A lot of the the a lot of the issues both teams are facing, the the, the, the same exact thing. From so, what do you, so what do you think, Joe? Management. Do, do both teams get in or, or what? I think the Yankees get in because I think that they're, they have the capabilities of beating up on the Orioles and the Marlins – over the course of their final, I, I don't think it's 20 games now. I think it's a little bit less, right? But uh, in terms of their schedule, about half their remaining games left are against the Blue Jays. I believe three or four. You might have noticed a change in your neighborhood lately. Yep, Sprint stores are now T-Mobile stores. Now that Sprint is T-Mobile, you get more coverage, value, and benefits than ever before. 
We've invested billions to bring our 5G from big cities to small towns across America. And great coverage is just the start. From high-speed mobile hotspot data to weekly deals and giveaways, our customers get tons of great benefits. Head to your new T-Mobile store to learn more. Qualifying service and capable device required. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain plan or features. See T-Mobile.com. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. ...are against the Orioles, and I think three are against the Marlins, right? So that's favorable for them to collect a couple of extra wins and, and solidify that spot, whether they finish second in the division, whether they finish third in the division... It's probably enough to hold off another team fighting for one of the, the, the two extra wild card spots. Uh, and for the Mets, to be honest, if they finish third in the division, they're gonna have they're gonna need help. Uh, their goal should be to try to get to second in the division because I don't think anybody's gonna be able to catch the Braves for for the first in the division. I don't think it's happening. So yeah, but they're, they're, so, they're, they're so far back from the Phillies. I, I don't think that's yeah, possible. Yeah, I know. Obviously, you you have to hope at the very least that they can jump the Marlins, and I think that's doable. But they're going to have to play at least six hundred balls the rest ball. of the way. Seven hundred right. ball. I mean, it's it's. I don't know. Everyone's hanging in there now. Could the Mets be the first ever sixteen seed to to go to the World <laughs> Series? I think so. I think they have that capability if they make it in. The problem is getting in. Everybody knows right. the de- the Mets are dangerous if they can make it into the playoffs. But right, the Mets the Mets are built for the month long playoff haul. But the problems that exist in that organization and in that roster, they're not good enough to 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 be able to sustain that success over the course of a of a full season. And 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 right now, what we're seeing, even a sixty game season. So yeah, let's not forget they lost. Syndergaard, they lost Stroman. They that's two right. starting pitchers. Walker hasn't been good. Purcell hasn't been good. And their starting Seth pitching has still out. been pretty good. Yeah, they've overcome a lot, but so far it's not enough. So we'll just continue to monitor that, uh, and it's going to be interesting to see who's actually able to, to get in from New York, if anybody. Um, the other thing, you know, speaking of New York here, did you see Novak Djokovic got thrown out of the U.S. Open because he, he hit a ball towards? Uh, one of the officials. Yes, I did, and it was actually very good that you brought that up because he uh, he's honestly probably one of the most underrated athletes I think in the world. Uh, a lot of a lot of those top tennis guys are just really really exciting to watch. Obviously, you know we grew up watching the basically Roger Federer for the entirety of his prime, Rafael Nadal, Novak Djokovic, Andy Murray. Uh, those guys are, are, are top notch quality guys. Um, but yeah, so what happened was it was super interesting because it doesn't seem like a guy who lost his cool, but he temporarily lost his cool and and the the the, the line judge ended up being okay and every and, and all this, you know, she was fine, but uh, obviously he took to social media and he he gave us this really really lengthy detailed sincere apology and I think he totally regrets it. This um, would have been the easiest tournament for him to win because Federer right. and Nadal both out too. Yeah, this was going to be easy for him. So uh, there's, there's probably a couple of betters somewhere who who didn't take him 
to win the event who are probably going to be uh, nicely financially compensated by whoever actually does win. <laughs> uh, a thing to note here is Colin Kaepernick is back in Madden. Joe, what do you think about his rating? He's an 81 overall, which is higher than I think at least a third of the starting quarterbacks in the game. It is absolutely wild to me. Uh, not that – so I always thought that in some regard Kaepernick shouldn't have really – the NFL and the owners shouldn't have never really taken as hard of a stance as they did on, with Kaepernick. Uh, to me, he was always talented to at least stay in the NFL, whether it was kind of like a, a, a fringe starter. Uh, to me, as a backup – he would immediately upgrade the backup situation for at least three three quarters of the league. Uh, certainly capable in his own right, uh, but not playing for four years and he gets an eighty-one overall. Come on now, you know who? That's that's just a move to simply, uh, I guess, appease him. You know, maybe they're they're trying to to mend the bridge, so so to speak. So once a, a team does sign him, you know, it lessens the blow a little bit. You know, but come on now. He's not better than some of the guys he's rated higher than. That's that's silly. Get out of here. Get lost. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's always controversy with the Madden ratings, so that's always going to be the case. And this, of course, is controversial again. Uh, the Met, the the you know, we talked about the Mets. We talked about the Yankees. We didn't talk about the Jets yet, Joe. Uh, you know, what I, is I heard... there to talk about? <laughs> exactly. So let's move on to uh, the Giants. Uh, the Giants. They named their 2020 captains. Defense, Blake Martinez, Dalvin Tomlinson, offense, Saquon Barkley, and Daniel Jones. Special teams, Jabril Peppers, and Nate Ebner. Joe, with the captains in the NFL, I mean, Cam Newton was named captain with the Patriots. Is it like the sport where it doesn't really matter as much? I mean, really, all these guys do is they're able to go for the coin flip. I mean, what do you, what do you think about the captaincy in, uh, in yeah, the NFL? Yeah, uh, so it's a little bit different. Um, obviously, with the NFL, just because of the the – Obviously, being the, the the one of the four major professional sports with the largest roster size, uh, I think it's important to acknowledge more so giving them the, the the credit for being a team leader, and given everything that we've seen, obviously it was kind of a no brainer that Saquon was obviously going to be one of the, the the captains. You know, right out of the gate, he's he said all the right things, done all the right things, media appearance wise. Uh, conducts himself really well in interviews. Uh, just seems like he he's had his his head entirely screwed on straight and been the perfect kind of personality for that team to deal with the New York media right from the get-go. Uh, so in regards to to using the second overall pick on him, a lot of people, a lot of Giants fans always always knock the fact that they they took a running back so high. But obviously he's a game-breaking talent. He's a game-breaking leader. Uh, to me, that was a no-brainer. A lot of people are very, very high on Daniel Jones uh, in regard to being a team leader in the locker room. So that was a no-brainer too. Uh, and it, it was nice to get some recognition for Blake Martinez because I think that's a that's going to be a super underrated move for the Giants. Uh, because I think that if he plays up to his capabilities, he has the ability to to really make an improvement and make a, a, an, appear, a, a, an impression on, on that defense. So, uh, so yeah, I, in terms of actually naming the team captains, I don't think you take too much stock in that. Uh, but if the the players uh, are, are simply worthy, uh, I think it it, it it gives an overall good impression of the organization for the fans. So 
I think with with Joe Judge coming in, and, and obviously we, we we've talked about this on a previous podcast, comes from the Bill Belichick way of doing things. Obviously, you haven't seen Belichick coaches really pan out so far in the NFL, uh, but at some point that's going to change. Uh, whether it's Matt Patricia in Detroit, and he's definitely probably on the hot seat right now. You you will have to see we'll have to see Joe Judge over the course of two years, I think, to fully grade him and and to to give him a proper uh, evaluation. So, but yeah, I mean that the, the, the players are who are captains are basically in line with what giants fans and, and football fans expect. I mean, someone who obviously would never have been captain material. And he's finally cut the giants finally cut Deandre Baker. He uh, faces life in prison for a robbery case. That was one of the most crazy things that we saw in the off season. I don't know why an NFL player who was making a lot of money, Needs to be doing a quick question. Robbery. Quick question: Who is a who among the, the past couple of years is the biggest missed pick for the Giants? Is it Eric Flowers? Is it Eli Apple? Or is it DeAndre Baker? It's Eli Apple. First That's round pick. I'd say Eric Flowers. Apple, like the problem with Apple is, you know, they took him where you got like a guy like Laramie Tunsil on the board. So that's right. what made things so much worse. Um, and that and that led to the end of Jerry Reese. So I'll go with yeah. I'll go with Eli Apple Baker. Yeah, I didn't have any high hopes for him, and he I guess is probably not going to be playing anytime soon. Um, did you see this? Manchester United's uh, had a few players who uh, they got sent home because they were trying to sneak in some Icelandic models into their team hotel. <laughs> I mean, with everything going on in the world, if you're a single dude who's a professional athlete, wouldn't you want to do the same thing? I mean, it's at this point, it's probably worth it, right? I mean, I mean depending that's... on your perspective. I mean, you are a, uh, you are a married man and you are a, an honorable, honorable uh, gentlemen. So obviously your perspective on this is probably a little bit different than me uh, being a single guy. But So if an Icelandic model this. wanted to come into your quarantine hotel, Joe, I'm guessing uh, you'd go for it? <laughs> I mean, what they don't know doesn't hurt them, right? Well, they it's found like, out. It's, so. like, it's, like the, uh, it's like the great Eddie Guerrero once said, if you're not cheating or if you're not uh, trying to bend the rules a little bit, then you're not trying, right? Oh boy! Um, all right. The other oh note, boy! Vince Young avoided jail time. He had a DWI case that was dismissed. Uh, Tom Brennan. Tom Brennan says he's a better man now after his his gay his gay slur. Uh, Kerry Walsh Jennings, Olympic fame volleyball player. She's very anti COVID mask stance during I guess playing. So no Olympics this year. Unfortunately, I was looking forward to that. We'll see that in twenty twenty one. Uh, a waste of you know, not have the, the the Olympic logo for Tokyo this year was probably the best Olympic logo in in the history of of the Olympics, right. and it's a shame that it, it's not going to get any use because of what happened in the world. And then how about your guy Colby Covington? He called out LeBron James, right? He did. He did. I believe that was about a week or so ago. Uh, called him out. I mean, to be perfectly honest, Colby is kind of a he's a polarizing personality. Uh, he's one of those like types who plays it up for the cameras. Uh, 
essentially, uh, I don't know if you remember, but there was a fighter, Chael Sonnen, who was very outspoken like that, always tried to be bombastic, uh, try to incorporate that, like that personality that you usually see in pro wrestling as opposed to mixed martial arts. Uh, that's what Colby is trying to be now. That's what Jorge Masvidal is trying to be now. Uh, obviously, Dana White and UFC realized that uh, a huge selling point in, in, in the way that they sell fights is to have those those personalities and those storylines attached to those big fights. And you see it with guys like Conor McGregor. You see it with guys like John Jones. Uh, you see it with guys like Nate and Nick Diaz. So that doesn't really surprise me. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I mean... Was he out of line a little bit? Probably. Uh, you know, it's it's a very put your money where your mouth is type of situation. You know, like you say, oh, LeBron, like you, like you try to be a cop, you know, like you do it yourself. Like being a police officer, regardless of how you feel about it right now, is still one of the hardest jobs in this country. Right. And goes along with being a medical professional, goes along with everything else. Right. So. Uh, but yeah, so Kobe can be more than outspoken at, at certain times. And, and again, he's got like that pro wrestler mentality. So yeah, I, I mean, can't Col- really. Kobe, he wants to be in WWE. And, you know, just a quick aside here, Johnny Manziel, he said, listen, ending the rock touches is, is going to be gold as always. But I think football is a little behind me. I'm retired, dude. So no chance of Manziel in the XFL. Uh, That's but, upsetting. But you know, maybe Vince Young gets in there. That'd be cool. Uh but let's talk about WWE. Vince McMahon, he is now giving talent 30 days to get off third-party sites, such as Cameo or Twitch, as I guess he kind of feels like their characters are a WWE intellectual property, similar to how you see with Disney or Marvel, and that everything needs to be staying in-house. What do you think about that, Jeff? It's very, very interesting because I was reading up on this and obviously you read the internet, you read the reports, you don't know entirely what is true because a lot of what professional journalism is, is a lot of speculation, a lot of hearsay, a lot of secondary information, right? But what we do know is that these third party websites, these social media platforms, however you want to call them, right? So this includes stuff like Twitch, which is what we have with the Landry Football Network, uh, with our, our, our Sunday show. Uh, it's a mean of streaming. It's a means of having these uh, pro athletes and entertainers being able to interact with fans on a, on a one-on-one basis. Uh, that's also what Cameo is. Obviously, Cameo is you pay for a certain period of time, and, and, and these, these, these people charge however they feel like their going rate should be. And and basically gives you an opportunity to 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 briefly interact with these 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 like performers and and get like special messages and and they're not only used to to, to interact directly with fans who want to interact with them they're obviously used to, to for birthday gifts too and and uh, a lot of special wrestlers like who like to do the video gaming stuff like Rusev and, and Adam Cole uh, they stream their their video game stuff online and they they're able to play with other fans so. It's really a way to humanize these guys uh, and these girls. Obviously, you know, from what we see, we don't know what their their personal lives are entirely in the background, but gives them an opportunity to be human a little bit and and to give them the means to interact with other people and other fans and do so in a way uh, that we've seen emerging, you know, now that we live in this technological age over the past 10, 20 years with these advancements that we've made. 
So from Vince McMahon's perspective, obviously he wants to try to keep as much in-house within the company as he possibly can. And we saw him basically go head-to-head with somebody like a Cody Rhodes a couple years ago when he left the company because obviously given everything surrounding the, the Rhodes name, that includes Dusty Rhodes, that includes his brother Dustin, who we better know as, as Goldust, and uh, Cody. Uh, obviously their real name is, is Runnels, right? But their given in-ring persona name is Rhodes. So there was a bunch of controversy surrounding that over the, uh, the the couple years ago, and and some of the matches and some of the the the, the creative copyrights, some of the matches and the pay per view names that Dusty was creating, which includes Bash at the Beach. There was well, how about he can't he can't, even, he can't even be called Cody Rhodes? He's just Cody, right? They it's it's just it's one of those things where Vince tries to keep as much intellectual property within the confines of WWE as he possibly can. And from his perspective, he is a master businessman and he is a master promoter. He has always been a promoter, right? Throughout the course of wrestling history, we've seen it with Paul Heyman, his interviews and his in-ring promos. We've seen it with Eric Bischoff and his in-ring promos and his interviews outside the company. And you see it with all the pot shots that impact wrestling with AEW, all these, the, the, they take shots at WWE all the time, and it's become kind of like it's been a lot of butt of jokes. It's it's truthfully what it what it's come to. But if you're Vince McMahon, right, and you have Ric Flair signed to contract, and you have Charlotte Flair signed to contract, wouldn't you want to own the the, the rights to the the Flair name? Do you know how much money is in that? Uh, and again, like like with, well, Ric Flair, with, so the he's, sued, with he's sued because. Everyone knows he's the man, and then there was that he is the man. He is the man, and his so his obviously his real life last name is not F L A I R. It's spelled a little bit differently. I believe it's E G H R or something very very similar to that. Uh, but again, it was it was kind of like the situation that we saw break out with Cody, and and it was like that tit for tat intellectual property, you know, going back and forth to like dispute and and. Obviously, intellectual has lawyers like, to take care of this stuff. It's a crazy thing because, like, I mean, if everyone wanted to put their pride aside and join forces, they can make more money. Like, for example, let's say they wanted to do a Marvel and DC movie together. You don't think that everyone would get really rich off of that? Everybody I, I would get that. stupid rich, but again, it's just a matter of being able to to come together in a room and discuss. The, the financial details, the copyright details, the trademark details. And so it's a good thing you bring up, again, the, the, the whole, whole how this is an extra means of, of, of performers making money. Paige is another great example of this. So Paige had to retire early because she had neck issues and lingering neck issues like Daniel Bryan and Edge had that simply would not permit her to, to, to compete in the ring. It's like the WWE doctors were never going to clear her as is during this period of time. And even if she went to another company, no company is going to clear her. You know, her neck is just in terrible shape. She uses Twitch as a platform. And I, be- I forgot the exact number, but I read a report saying that for her financially, I believe she makes up to five figures extra over wow. the course of a given year because wow. she has a huge audience. You know, so 
these performers outside the scope of WWE on their own, they're not using what WWE is given. They're using themselves, right? So it's and then the WWE has always in they've always correlated and labeled these performers as independent contractors, which kind of basically gets them puts them in a situation where they don't have to necessarily deal with the the financial obligations that come with having extra benefits and stuff. And it's a really it's a messy situation and it really only came to the forefront over the course of the last week or so with all the reports coming out. I believe the solution the WWE had for this is so long as uh, the, the the performers give WWE the advancement, uh, the, the the knowledge uh, of having all the stuff, I believe they're going to be able to keep the extra stuff. But in the case of Paige, what I just saw, what I just told you, I told you she makes five figures. You said, wow. You know, when you say, wow, that's a legitimate wow because you mostly know everything that there is to know. So... <laughs> So the fact that you gave me a really nice good wow there, that shocked the hood. You didn't it. Yeah, uh, but again, I, I see both sides of the coin here. Um, the individual is saying, well, we're marketing ourselves. They're be saying, yeah, but without us, you wouldn't have your character or anything. So it's it's rather interesting. And, you know, we'll just, we'll see how that Turns out, I, I think they're gonna, you know, they're gonna get off. They're gonna get off the uh, the platforms, and until there is a, a union in wrestling, nothing is really going going to change. Uh, real quick here, Joe, uh, I wanted to know what your thoughts are on Andres Jimenez. Is he the best defensive infielder in baseball? <laughs> Uh, you're putting me on the spot. Uh, I would say no. There are a lot of other guys out there who are better defensively. Uh, but he's really good defensively. I will give you that. I will give you that. All right. Interesting. Interesting stuff there. We put you on the spot <laughs> at the end. Uh, but but yeah, yeah. I my last point about this is, and, and I forgot I forgot to mention it during the the whole course of that rant. Uh, but you're 100% right. I think as it stands right now, uh, I don't think there was ever really a push t- for pro wrestlers to form their own union. But I think the comments that you've seen the past couple of days, and we've seen Dave Batista tweet about this. We've seen Kevin Nash tweet about this. And and, and uh, Kevin Nash, once upon a time when he was in WWE, uh, not, I'm sorry, WCW, did a shoe promo about this. Uh, a lot of the people in the back quietly, I think, would be pro and in favor of forming a union. Will it happen? I don't know. But I think now, so more than ever, I think you might see the start of some momentum for pro wrestlers. And this doesn't. This is not exclusive to WWE wrestlers, too. This would include AEW wrestlers. This would include wrestlers who are in New Japan Pro Wrestling, who have indie deals throughout the United States where they, they wrestle uh, for, you know, for other companies. This this includes Impact Wrestling. Uh, it's very possible that you could see some steam uh, towards a potential pro wrestlers union. So that was a really good point that you made at the end. We shall keep monitoring that. I think one day it'll happen, but who knows if we're going to I do. Soon. I agree. 
I agree. That, that's going to do it for this episode of, you know, I'm right. We covered a lot of stuff. And, of course, we want you to continue to keep it locked here on WG Sports to get all of the updates and all those stories and much, much more. So, for Joe Calabrese, I am Nick Durst, and this has been You Know I'm Right. COVID-19 is still around, but that doesn't mean the Army ROTC programs are not there for you. Earn scholarships for school and pursue the career you want. The leadership-developing Army ROTC classes will give any full-time student the focus and resources that can open doors down the road. Start sharpening the skills that will carve out your future today. Learn how at GoArmy.com ROTC. Army ROTC, now accepting college scholarship applications. Visit GoArmy.com money for college.